Hey y'all and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Ren, and I am so glad you're joining me today. On the Friends of a Feather podcast, I pray that this is the place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I get to share with you. Every time you download an episode of the Friends of a Feather podcast, I want for you to feel seen by God, to feel encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. I am so happy to welcome back Enneagram expert Michelle Dyer back to the podcast, and we are talking about the Enneagram 7, The Enthusiast, today, and I'm so enthused about it. Sorry, y'all. I had to. So if you are just now joining in to this summer podcast series on the Enneagram, welcome. If you want to catch up with some of the other episodes we did on the first six Enneagram type numbers, head back to episode 87 and you can start there at the Enneagram 1. Okay, I want to let you know about something that we are going to do. We are extending the summer podcast series one more extra episode so that we can hear your questions and that Michelle can answer your questions. So you can send me a direct message on social media or you can email me at friendsofafeatherpodcast at gmail.com and send us your question. Okay, also, if you want to hear your voice on the Friends of a Feather podcast, go to your voice memo app and record your question and then email it to that same address. I cannot wait to hear these questions from you guys. Okay, well, let's get to it. This is my conversation with Michelle Dyer on the Enneagram 7, The Enthusiast. Here we go. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Michelle. Ren, it is always such an honor and such pleasure to get to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm excited. Um, We have been talking about the Enneagram this summer, and it's been really great. Everybody has really enjoyed it. My listeners have said that they have uh, really gleaned a lot. So we're going to dive right in. But before we do, take about 20, 30 seconds to tell my listeners, if they are just now joining us in this series, a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the Enneagram. Okay. Well, I am um, by profession, a leadership coach and trainer. And so in the, um, my current position, I'm actually working as a minister, being able to use those skills to help our members engage in ministry and get connected in church and really learn and discover who God has created them to be and what he's created them to do. So it's a nice marriage of many different things that God has allowed me to do in my life. And one of those things um, that I've also been able to do is study temperament and behavior. And so I've gotten to be just like this personality assessment geek who has studied DISC and Myers-Briggs and gotten certified in strengths and all those good, um, really helpful tools that help us have a language to discuss who we are created to be. And not so much to be labeled, but to really just have the language to talk about what our strengths and weaknesses are. Okay. That's awesome. I think you are wonderful at what you do. You are highly gifted and being an Enneagram two, the helper yourself, 
that I think that is just you're well suited for this. So yay for you. For sure. I'm so grateful to get to do it. It's a blessing. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, let's jump in. What I've been reading is that the Enneagram seven is type seven is called the enthusiast. Is that the right name or is there another name that you have um, heard it called? Well, I've heard them called the enthusiastic visionary. Oh, okay. um, That I think that was part of my training when I learned the seven as and, but I do, I mean, enthusiast is obviously a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. So um, what we're really looking at is a person who is forward thinking and who is positive, you know, and optimistic about the world and the future. Yeah. Yeah. I read a lot, uh, just a few things about them that um, they don't like to be bored. They're right. always up for adventure. They're always up for uh, something that's spontaneous. Yeah. And I have a f- couple of friends that are like that. And that is true. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Sevens make our world exciting. You know, they are the ones that will get us into things we would never ordinarily do Mm. on our own. You know, they just have this enthusiasm and zeal for life that makes the rest of us want to just come along on the journey, you know, and rarely is there a situation where a seven is bored because it doesn't matter what's going on. They will make it an adventure. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that, my friends, for sure. Um, Something else that they are is that they're super fun. That kind of goes along with being spontaneous. They're super entertaining. Yes. Um, They have a fear of missing out. They don't want to miss out. They have FOMO, major. (laughs) Major FOMO, for sure. Yes. And they're dreamers. Mm -hmm. And I love that. We need them. We need them to be dreamers. We need them to be enthusiastic about what they're doing. We do. And, you know, honestly, sevens just are constantly pushing out of their comfort zone. Um, It's almost like if they're not doing that, they are missing something, you know. So the rest of us benefit from that because that is what creates the risk-filled, adventurous unknown for us to journey into. Well, and also the friend that I'm thinking of that is a seven, she has never met a stranger. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody that is a waitress that's waiting on us, she's just like, hey, we're here because it's her birthday and we're celebrating, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, yeah. we need, I need that in my life. Absolutely. Because they don't really have a fear of what other people think. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're so zealous about getting the most out of life that they don't have a ton of time to think about their feelings. They're in the thinking triad. I was going to ask you that. Five, sixes, and sevens, this is still the thinking triad. That's right, right. So, you know, they can be emotional um, because, but it's going to be in reaction to something they've experienced that is, you know, elicits really strong emotion in them. But they're not going to live their lives based on feeling or care and concern about whether what other people think of them. And that's so, that's a great quality too. Mm -hmm. Um, I know when I'm with my friend that is a seven, 
you know, my, I'm a six with a wing of seven. And so yeah, I just kind of get caught up with it, with her too. You know, like if she's saying that I'm interacting because then my seven is kind of brought up to her. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, she's pulling it out of you. Yeah. Pulling it out of me. Mm -hmm. So, um, but there is something that is, which I was, it was very interesting that I've learned in the past just a couple of weeks and, and months is that sevens struggle with, they don't like pain. Right. They don't like to deal with the pain. So how do they, what does a, an unhealthy and a healthy seven look like in, right. in regards to pain? Yeah, pain and suffering really are a seven's blind spot. And that's kind of a strange thing to think about. Well, how can you not see that you're in pain? Or how can you not see that this thing is causing you suffering, you know? Mm. But sevens, I once heard a seven kind of describe it as, you know, if ever I'm in a situation that's uncomfortable or I feel like maybe I'm in a situation where I should be grieving, I just have to shake it off. I just, I mean, Taylor Swift's song, Shake It Off, yeah. she is such a seven, you know, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like, I'm just not going to deal with that. I don't need to deal with it. I don't have time to deal with it. I'm going to move on and act like it never happened. Yeah. So, yeah. So consequently, they can come across as being people who are maybe not as deep or complex because they don't venture into the world of um, deep emotions hmm. and the pain and suffering that can kind of come along with different hard things that happen in life. Okay. Okay. Well, and I had a quote that was really interesting. It just said, um, Sevens divert their attention away from the unacknowledged and unintegrated losses and anxieties that haunt them. Most people know that unpleasant feelings and truths can't be avoided indefinitely, but not sevens. Uh, they believe they can outrun them forever. Fives ward off fear with knowledge, sixes with pessimism, and sevens with inexhaustible optimism. Right. Exactly. So mm -hmm. I had a friend who... Um, really struggled with infertility. Mm -hmm. She's a big seven. And, you know, she said that it was always about, um, well, this is just, I didn't get pregnant this time, but next time it'll happen. Oh, gotcha. And, and really there's almost at times an unrealistic forward view of, you know, this is part of the journey and I'm just going to focus on the fact that this is part of my story as opposed to really sitting in the grief and even the anger that I know she felt with God that it was not happening and she had no control over it. It's almost like sevens and twos love to sweep that stuff under the rug. Gotcha. And, you know, really sevens will try to outrun it. Twos just kind of stuff it, you know, uh -huh. and um, I would say more often than not in twos, it can be explosive, you know, and really all of a sudden it just surfaces and wrecks them with sevens. Really, they can kind of outrun it at times. Okay. But it, yeah, it's still not beneficial. Okay. Okay. Well, and let's kind of go into that stretch and release like we, we talk about usually on each episode of, of each number and tell us a little bit about what the seven, where the seven will go in stress and in growth. Yes. So um, those lines that we see that run across the Enneagram, if this is the first time one of your listeners is hearing this, 
those lines indicate to us, really both of them indicate in some way paths to growth. So they indicate where we'll go when we are stressed out or, you know, we feel like we're unhealthy, but they also go to where we can have a point of release from some of the things that might get wrapped up internally with our type. So for a seven, the point of stretch or growth is the one. So seven loves to live by the seat of their pants. <laughs> the best at improvising and winging it. Um, the one, as you know, is the perfectionist or the reformer. And ones really have this great ability to plot and plan and organize and get into the details. So the way that a seven can grow because they don't love details and mm -hmm. follow through and, you know, plotting through each step of a process, growth for a seven can look like going over to that one and really investing time and energy in learning how to go through each of those organizational details and mm. getting a little bit better at the administrative side of what they may be doing. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit where they go with um, that release, the stress, stretch right. and release. So when they need a release, sevens a lot of times will, they're so out there in life in terms of just being forward and, um, expending lots of energy, um, just enjoying life. A lot of times they can get exhausted from doing that because they're human, you know, and every single one of us has a limit to our energies and a limit to the amount of activity that our bodies can handle. Okay. So a seven still going to have that issue. Um, one way that they can experience release from exhaustion, from overdoing it is to pull back into their five and the five is the quiet specialist. So the five, as you know, wakes up every morning with a finite amount of energy. Okay. And they are excellent at sort of subconsciously plotting out their day to conserve and preserve energy. Yeah. So a seven really can benefit by drawing inward um, taking time to slow down, taking time to think about preserving themselves. Mm. And also just, you know, the learning aspect that goes along with a five. If a seven can do that internally and maybe by sitting and reading a book as opposed to going out and experiencing that firsthand, mm. um, it can really bring depth, honestly, to their, their lifestyle and to their, um, their ability to move forward in life without becoming exhausted. Okay. And that's interesting because at the end of the the chapter of the book, the road back to you, it has some suggestions of things that you can do as a seven. Mm -hmm. um, and it did say develop and practice the spiritual discipline of solitude on a yeah. regular basis, which is so difficult for it, a seven. It's very hard. It is extremely hard. And that's the interesting thing about this line of release is that most of the time it seems very counterintuitive. Mm. And yet, when you do it, it is this strange, if you practice it, a strange release of some of the stress and strain that your personality will naturally cause for you. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, it's worthwhile for them to practice solitude yeah. for sure. 
Yeah. Okay. Hey y'all, I just wanted to come in the middle of this episode and tell you about something that I know you will not want to miss out on. You know, my favorite journal is my prayer journal that is by Val Marie Paper. I have interviewed Val two different times for the podcast. Val and her team have been highly supportive of me and of the podcast. And I want to tell you, they have a huge sale going on right now. So if you've been toying with the idea of trying out one of their six-month prayer journals or the Fresh Start, which is what I started with, go to renrobins.com slash favorites, and you can get some goodies to stock up for Christmas presents for your friends, your mom, yourself. This is a great time to do it because everything in their shop is 30% off. Last week, I jumped in on this sale and got a couple of the Fresh Start prayer journals for Christmas presents. I got a prayer journal for my husband, for my son. Their Fresh Start journal is usually around $14, and I got it for $10. And I don't want you to miss out. 30% off if you go to renrobins.com favorites. You will find my link there, and you can get in on this sale. Okay, back to the show. All right, let's talk a little bit about what would a seven wing six look like and what would a seven wing eight possibly look like? Good question. So seven wing six probably is going to see more of those adventurous tendencies normalized just a little bit, maybe a bit bit less throwing caution to the wind, Mm -hmm. a bit more forethought, you know, so it really behooves a seven to tap into that six because it will probably spare them some of the anxieties that they'll have to try to forget about later, you know, Mm -hmm. because they've spent some time thinking forward. Okay. That's good. Cause I'm thinking opposite of that is a six wing seven. I'm thinking, okay. So a lot of the, um, I don't love spontaneity, but I love to think about things to look forward to things, the anticipation Mm -hmm. of things. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, a a benefit of a seven, but I love how that kind of helps my six not to get so much in my head about things and have to, but I do have to look forward to things. I love looking forward to things. Yeah. Um, And I think the seven looks forward to things with optimism. The six often looks forward to things with pessimism. Gotcha. The six with a strong wing seven has cultivated in themselves more optimism and that usually comes with practice you know it's a discipline okay so kudos to you because oh you've probably you know uh, worked to groom that or you've had some nurture that's helped you groom. yeah that. yeah probably right. so okay yeah. so let's look at the let's go back i'm sorry i asked that sixth question because what about a seven with a wing of an eight so sevens with a wing of eight are large and in charge people. Um, Usually extremely forward thinking um, and quite bold and vigorous about life. You know, so they live large and they're big achievers, you know, in terms of um, living life large, they're going to get the most out of life. And they kind of just have this massive presence about them, you know? Yes. So Um, My husband is an eight wing seven. And so the seven wing eight tends to be more extroverted. Okay. Sure. um, Where the eight wing seven can be more introverted. 
doesn't necessarily have to be, but my husband's quite introverted, but he really does, you know, he is, gosh, when he goes and does something athletic, it is like to the nines, you know, he, Mm. we go skiing, he's cliff jumping, we go mountain biking, he's, you know, on the hardest trail possible. It's okay. Interesting. Yeah. So there is that combination with the seven two. They they go big. Okay. Okay. Go big or go home. Okay. Go big or go home. That's right. Okay. How does the gospel transform their um, their lives? Well, I think two things about that. For one thing, the seven we need sevens in faith because oftentimes traveling along our previous thought about go big or go home, um, sevens help us have big faith. You know, they help us look forward to what God can accomplish if we only trust him in big ways, you Mm. know, in adventurous risk taking ways, you know, so they help us see the mystery of God and the bigness of God, you know, so Mm. I think sevens are so integral in the church because they help us do things that we might not ordinarily try to achieve, Mm. you know, in, in big ways, threes and sevens really, and eights help us do that way. Okay. That's great. I think the gospel can also transform a seven by helping them, you know, if they will reflect on who God is when there is pain. Mm. Um, if they'll move into that and let God heal something deeply within them, um, rather than shaking it off or dismissing it, that brings an incredible depth to a seven that just creates a person who is a spiritual giant. You know, they've not only got the faith and adventure piece, but they've got the depth from having been through pain and learning from all that suffering can teach us. So Mm, that's good. I had read that God, what a seven needs to hear and believe is that God will take care of you. Yes. And that's, that's true. I love that. That's great. Those are really good things to help us understand. There's a song out there really quick. I'll just add this. I was thinking about called, maybe it's okay if I'm not okay. Mm. the new Christian song. I forget who sings it. I am they maybe, but um, Uh, that's really a thing for a seven. It really, as they grow deeply spiritually, it's okay if you're not okay. Oh, that's so good. That is a word because I remember when I had, I have a friend that's a seven and uh, she was going through a really, really dark time um, a while back. And she said, is it always going to be this way? And I was like, no, no, you know, because it's not, their normal is to sit in that pain. And so, um, it was, you know, it was just, it, it, I just remember her asking me that and I said, no, it's not, this isn't you, this isn't how you, um, usually are. And, but you will come out of it because God's going to take care of you. Yeah. um, That's great for a seven to grasp. That's a good word. Okay. Let's talk about some people that are famous. Yeah. Well, a lot of our celebrities, are sevens. They are the ones who, A, are not afraid to be in the limelight, you know, but also, you know, great entertainers. Sevens really are terrific entertainers. So Robin Williams, he Mm -hmm. is a seven. I think Jim Carrey is probably a seven. Mm -hmm. You know, these are all people that um, are willing to risk big. They had to have been to make it where they are. 
-hmm. They're just constantly optimistic. I think you have to be optimistic in Hollywood, you know, mm -hmm. believing that you're, if you didn't get this role, that's okay. The next one, you know, yes. okay. keep, doing, keep trying, keep persevering. So, mm -hmm. um, but I think some of our, um, our greats in music and art probably are also Beethoven. Mm. These are people that love beauty. They love mm. the world to be a beautiful place. And so mm. they're really enjoying all there is to enjoy from the world. And mm. of course, you know, that can have its downsides too, but I think they are really able to appreciate the good things of life. Mm -hmm. And that helps me to realize the people that we have seen um, in the past that are Enneagram sevens mm -hmm. so that we can understand them better and now understand them and um, what's going on inside um, as well as on the outside being the entertainer. Yeah, because I think what they really need from us, um, those sevens in our lives need to know that we're okay with the fact that they're living in the future, you know, it's very difficult for a seven to live in the present and especially difficult for them to live in the past. So they're very forward thinking. Um, one of my good friends here on staff was talking about a trip he just got back from with his wife in Italy. And he said, she's such a seven. We're sitting having coffee at um, our condo in Italy. And her coffee cup says, I need a vacation, you know, and, <laughs> and she's talking about, you know what I think I want to do next time is go to Portugal. Or what I want to do next time is go to the Bahamas. So <laughs> and they're sitting in beautiful. Room. Yes. Wow. That's funny. Yeah. So that's kind of what our sevens need is for us to understand. They just have this unquenchable thirst for mm. life and for adventure. Okay. Okay. And to allow them to have those dreams and to have those thoughts out loud. Okay. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Okay. Is there anything else we need to know about sevens? I think they are super fun. I think you can spot a seven from a mile away. Um, and I think they bring a lot to, I mean, we, we got to have them, got to have them in our lives. We do. And I think, um, I think the main thing we need to understand is we can't interpret a seven's um, focus on the future for shallowness. You know, there's a lot going on in there that um, we maybe if with a little TLC and a lot of relationship building, we can help them probe more deeply into those things and therefore create pathways to growth for them. Okay. If they trust us, they may be willing to process more of those feelings. And mm. my husband's got enough seven in him. I've really learned that um, it's not that he's not feeling or that he's not grieving or dealing with pain. It's just that it's not his top priority unless there's mm. someone safe there for him to do that with. I so, see. Yeah. And it takes a lot of energy for them to process those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. I understand seven so much better after talking to you. This is uh, great. I really appreciate that. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you? Cause I know you do coaching and then you also have this exciting thing going on, this exciting venture going on. If you could tell us a little bit about where to find you. Yes. Well, you are always welcome to email me. Um, you can email me at Michelle at team insights and Michelle has one L 
uh, teaminsights.org, or I am getting ready to launch a new venture. Um, right now we have the landing page up for anyamom.com. And you can visit anyamom.com and enter your email address because we're working right now on some resources to send out to those who sign up um, pertaining to parenting and just really how your Enneagram type can help you be the best mom, help you be the best parent, and really um, maybe understand, understand some things about your spouse. So we hope to have sort of a whole series of useful resources for parents at that site coming soon. That's great. That is great. I've already gone to it. I can't wait to start seeing those resources. Uh, and I think it's going to be super helpful. Well, you have been just, like I said last time, so catalytic in teaching me and showing me all the amazing things that could be done with podcasts. And yeah. you know, I think it's wonderful. So thanks for that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll see you next time when we talk about the Enneagram 8. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Ren. Have a good one. What a great episode. I want to give a huge shout out to Michelle for coming on. And I am sad that it's coming to a close. We have only three more episodes. Next week is the Enneagram 8. August 2nd is the Enneagram 9. And August 9th is our question and answer episode. So get those questions in. And we cannot wait to share those and for Michelle to answer those questions for you. So could y'all do me a favor? I know that this is resonating with so many of you. I would love if you have never been able to write a review and rate the podcast, if you go to your podcast app and type in Friends of a Feather, if you would do two things for me. If you enjoy listening to this Enneagram series, I would love for you to just write a one-line, two-line comment about this series, what you have taken from it, and if you've been encouraged by it. And then the second thing would be to click that subscribe button. I have some amazing friends coming on the podcast this fall, and you don't want to miss any of those. When you click subscribe, that means that when I post a new episode, it will drop right into your podcast app and it'll be right there waiting for you. Don't forget to check out that sale that I mentioned. Go to renrobins.com favorites and you can find the link to Valmarie Paper and order you some great prayer journals. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye friends. Bye friends.